You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Hooded Nation, and welcome to Locked On Saints, your team every day, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsidered.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Welcome to all of our first-time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the Jump Saw family out here on Locked On Saints, and a big hoodat, and welcome back to all of you. It's a fresh week here at Locked On Saints, and as always, I thank you so much for being with us today on today's episode. We're going to get back into the top five Saints games of 2018, at least on my list. Uh, I only wanted to put one blowout on the list this year, so we'll talk about which one found its way to number four on my top five list. Then, one of my goals ahead of the 2019 training camp beginning is to make sure that you know something about all 90 players on the training camp roster. So we're going to start going position group by position group and talk about every name that you might hear starting August 18th. We're going to start that now, but getting you ready for August 18th. Uh, We'll start off light in today's episode with the quarterback and running back positions just as a quick refresher because those are some names that you already know and then we'll wrap up with a quick look at all of the important NFL dates that you need to know about heading into the first regular season game including a key date to watch for where new faces might be brought into New Orleans we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints your team every day all right so let's jump into the number four game on my top five games of 2018 list and I picked for the blowout this year I picked the Saints versus the Bears Bengals, with the Eagles game being a very close honorable mention here, and I'll tell you more about why I made that specific choice later, but I want to talk about this game. So the Saints are on as they go into, as they travel to Cincinnati, on their seven-game win streak after dropping the first game of the season at home to the Bucks. They head to Cincinnati. This game follows the Des Bryant sign and then immediate Achilles tear and injury, him being lost for the season, the promotion of Keith Kirkwood up to the act roster from the practice squad and the Saints go in after essentially losing who would have been a humongous addition to you know, a humongous weapon to add to the Saints already prolific offense at this point in the season a 51 to 14 win against the Bengals just an incredible game for the Saints and an incredible blowout for the Saints and that included a seven point uh, or rather it included a, a garbage time touchdown seven points for the Bengals at the end of the game this the game didn't start out all that great honestly I mean the Saints start off with a 15 play 80 yard drive for a touchdown to open the series but then they give up an eight play 75 yard touchdown it only took they took only four and a half minutes for the Bengals to tie it up seven to seven that included a 23 yard pass to Tyler Boyd and then 40 yards on the ground and a combination of Joe Mixon and the Bengals version of Taysom Hill Jeff Driscoll and after that the Saints just absolutely shut down the Bengals and then went on to score eight possessions in a row they actually scored nine possessions in a row if you include the first possession opening touchdown series but then after the Bengals scored they just shut them out entirely over the course of eight possessions the Saints scored four straight touchdowns after that a field goal another touchdown and then two more field goals after that before that one uh that that 
six play 80 yard drive for a touchdown late in the game with less than five minutes left the saints get the ball back for their 10th possession kneel and you know bleed the clock and then win the game so out of the 10 possessions that the saints had the ball they scored nine times and five of which were touchdowns so let's take a look at some of the stats over this game for the saints Drew Reese had a near perfect day completing 22 of 25 passes for 265 yards three passing touchdowns and he also did his patented breeze lead over the offensive line or over the trenches to score a rushing touchdown as well. This was one of two Mark Ingram 100 plus yard games. He had 13 carries for 104 yards. Alvin Kamara added 12 carries for 56 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And we even got some Dwayne Washington action in this game, 11 carries for 47 yards. Taysom Hill had his usual right around his average 24 yards rushing as well. And then Drew Brees, of course, had two runs in this game, three yards, and then the one leaping touchdown as well. Michael Thomas added eight catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Mark Ingram, this was his best, one of his best receiving efforts in the uh, in the season with three catches for 58 yards and a touchdown, including one 28-yard screen pass that he took to the house. And then Alvin Kamara also added four receptions for 46 yards. So both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara go over 100 yards uh, all purpose. Mark Ingram going over 150. On the defensive side of the ball, the Saints got away with two interceptions in this game, one by Eli Apple and then one by Marcus Williams, both with pretty major returns returns after the pick there. Uh, Eli Apple with a 29-yard return. Marcus Williams with a 78-yard return that almost went to the house. The Saints also added four sacks, one from Alex Anzalone, Alex Okafor, Sheldon Rankins, and Cameron Jordan each. So just a great game by the Saints here. This was one of those games to where Thomas Morstead never found his way out onto the field aside from being a holder on special teams, but there were no punts by the Saints on this in this game at all. And then when we look over here at team stats, they racked up 509 total yards while holding Cincinnati to 284. Cincinnati only pass for 174 yards while uh, Drew Brees and the Saints went for 265. The Saints also had 244 yards on the ground and allowed 110, which is a little more than their average. They averaged around the high 80s throughout the season. But one of the things that really stood out here is that the Saints didn't allow a single sack in this game while also getting four on defense. This, of course, was the first game without Teron Armstead in which the Saints had to start Jamon Bushrod over on the left side. And that was and he was able to hold, at least for this game, the cohesion of the Saints offensive line. In just a couple of weeks later, we see the offensive line really start to struggle. The defense, again, really stood out in this game, not allowing a single third down conversion by Cincinnati. They had a 0% third down efficiency, while the Saints held 58%, and then the Saints won time of possession by over 19 and a half minutes. Now, some things that stood out about this game, the Saints actually ran the ball 63.5% of the time. That was only the fourth time since the year 2000 in which they've run the ball over 63% of their offensive plays. And then Alvin Kamara had just finished up in this game, his 25th career game. And in that time in his career scored 27 total scrimmage touchdowns. So he became the first player since the merger to average over one scrimmage touchdown per game with only a minimum of five career games, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and then the other thing about this game, and one of the reasons why I chose this blowout over the uh, Philadelphia Eagles blowout is that this blowout was on the road. It was in an outdoor stadium and it was pretty chilly. It was a 40 degree day outside in Cincinnati, which isn't super cold, but is cold enough to call it a cold weather game. And then the, you know, and then when you look at all of the, the, the chatter about the Saints being too much of a home team, Drew Brees not being able to play outside, yada, yada, yada. 
this really put, you know, they dropped 51 points on the Bengals, who were, don't get me wrong, a historically terrible defense this year, but the Saints weren't hindered by being outside and in the cold. And also, look, the Bengals at home after a 1 p.m. start, 1 p.m. Eastern start, were 60, 26, and 2 coming into this game and still dropped this game big time to New Orleans. And one of the other reasons why this ended up on this list is because this was also the game in which Sean Payton went in and broke the fire alarm in the locker room, in the visiting locker room, because the fire alarm was going off. And so he shattered the fire alarm pole. And you just got to give him a nod for that as well. Sorry, y'all. That is the number four game on my list. Keep tuning in throughout the rest of this week. And next, before we get to training camp, I'll have games three through one out and talk about those as well. Uh, so we're going to jump to our break here. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the quarterback and running back positions as they stand right now and start to introduce you to every single name on the 90-man roster ahead of training camp. We got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Welcome back to the nation to Locked on Saints, your team every day. We are getting closer and closer to the regular season, which means it's a good time now to start talking about ads here on the podcast because listenership is about to skyrocket. It's about to go up and everything. And it's all thanks to y'all. But if you also have a company that wants to reach an upscale male audience, you know, we have some ladies that listen to the podcast too. Shout out to all the ladies in the Locked on Saints Facebook group. We ain't one-sided out here. Uh, then your company's ad should be running right here on this podcast to get your company Company connected with its new audience, go ahead and shoot me an email at rossjacksonasc at gmail.com or at locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, at lockedonpodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business. Y'all get to hear me just about every week just selling the living hell out of some blue chew. So go ahead and make sure that I'm also getting the opportunity to sell the hell out of your product out there as well right here on the Locked on Saints podcast. Of course, also, especially if you deal in coffee because I I don't I never record an episode of Locked on Saints without a good warm cup of coffee. All right, I'm gonna stop goofing around. All right, so let's jump into uh, this. What what I wanted to do, this was a big thing for me heading into the offseason. I wanted to do this last year, but I didn't really get the shot. Uh, but this year I will because I have the time built in, is that I want to make sure that you hear every single name on the 90-man roster going into training camp and at least a little something about each of those players. Some of them are undrafted and are coming in from very small schools and things like that, so I might not have a ton to say about them. But if I can give you at least something, something to hold on to, so you can start to make your minds up about those each of those players on that 90-man roster going in. So we're going to start off a little light here. We're doing quarterback and then running backs, which is including the fullback as well. So you might hear a couple of names that you don't yet really know, but you're also going to hear a lot of names that you do know. So I'll try not to spend a ton of time on the people that we've already talked about. So let's start with quarterback here so we can kind of get through that and then move over to that running back fullback conversation. So when it comes to quarterback, we already know what the landscape there looks like. Drew Brees is your starter. Teddy Bridgewater is your backup. Taysom Hill is your football player and then JT Barrett is more than likely going to end up on the practice squad now JT Barrett went up and down from the practice squad I kept calling him the yo-yo all season 35 times from the practice squad last season so hopefully in 2019 he just lands on the practice squad and stays there and somebody else becomes the yo-yo depending on what type of movement the Saints need to be doing utilizing that practice squad as they do every year and also promoting people from the practice squad Keith Kirkwood got promoted last year uh, JT Gray ended up getting 
sent it down, sent down and then promoted and Vince Beagle got promoted. So, you know, we see that a lot with the Saints actually utilizing their practice squad. So depending on what that looks like, JT Barrett may end up being the yo-yo again in 2019. My fingers are crossed for him that the homie can just like stay there, collect a check and show up at practice. Uh, but we already know what the landscape looks like. Some people will say that there's a little bit of a competition going on between Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill for the backup quarterback position, but that is Teddy Bridgewater's Taysom Hill. His value comes in everything that he does, not only as a quarterback, but also as a running back, covering kicks, covering punts as a punt returner, kick returner, playing tight end, playing in the slot now this season, playing at H-back. He's all over the place. So you'll see him in a lot of different positions with the Saints in 2019, just like we saw in 2018. So I don't really put him in that backup quarterback conversation just yet. I still feel like that is entirely Teddy Bridgewater's responsibility. All right. So now let's jump to the six names of the running back position. Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Buck Allen, Dwayne Washington. Divine Zigbo, Matt Days. Now, probably the least familiar name here is Matt Days. He spent time in 2017 with Cleveland, 2018 with San Francisco. He's only run the ball a total of five times in his career, catching four passes with a total uh, combined yardage of 42 yards over his two-year career so far. Most of his career has been fixated and focused on returning kick returns, not punt returns, kick returns, 18 kick returns with Cleveland in 2017, 437 yards. It's a 24.3 return average yards per return average. And his longest return was a 71 yard kick return. No touchdowns in his career. He only returned to one kickoff for San Francisco last season for 17 yards. And he also has done some work uh, covering punts and covering kicks as well. He's got two career tackles. That's what he spent most of his time doing in San Francisco in 2018. So he was really brought in to be somebody in that conversation of um, Deontay Harris and Cyril Grayson and Marcus Sherrills as possible kick return and special teams acumen and ability, not really for his run game or his, his, his ability out of the backfield, anything like that. He was brought in as a potential special teams depth guy. So that's why he's probably the most unfamiliar name. We know Dwayne Washington spent some time with New Orleans last season. We just talked about him in that Bengals game getting 49 rushing yards. He went over 100 yards in week 17 against the Panthers. So he's the incumbent running back number three with challenges Buck Allen and Divine Zigbo right behind him. Buck Allen, you've heard me talk about a bunch in his career with Baltimore. He has shown all of the things that the Saints like to do with their backs in the past game and in the run game. So he's a great fit for New Orleans and he's going to be a big challenge to Dwayne Washington. But of course, keep an eye out on Nebraska running back and undrafted free agent coming into the season, Divine Azigbo as well, who has all of the ability to do all of those same things in terms of running between the tackles. He's very Mark Ingram-like, according to Tyler McClatchy, who watched a ton of his film, just being able to stay low, get that leverage, runs a little flat-footed, but that's easy to fix. That's a technique thing. Those are the types of things you want to see, you know, that you want to have to improve as opposed to intrinsic issues with playing the game. That's a technique thing that can be that can be cleaned up. But he's also a hell of a receiver out of the backfield. He did catch a wheel route for a touchdown over Caden Ellis in OTAs, if I remember. I think it was OTAs, not minicamp. And so hopefully we'll see a lot more of that coming into training camp. Now, for the fullback conversation, we have the incumbent fullback, Zach Line, who I don't expect to lose 
any of his i don't expect him to lose any tread here he is the short surefire day one starter to me at linebacker he has done an incredible amount we talk a lot about the offensive line and their acumen as you know a runoff run blocking offensive line springing alvin Kamara, things like that but zach line's ability as a lead blocker is absolutely incredible and i'm so grateful that the saints do keep a fullback around in order to make sure that they have you know and, and that they actually utilize the fullback. I think that's the big thing. I'm glad that they keep one around and that they actually utilize it because he's an incredible lead blocker. He's also become, uh, you know, a go-to receiver for Drew Brees in the red zone. Over Zach Lines, six years in the league, he's caught four touchdowns, three of them all coming from Drew Brees over the last two years in New Orleans. And he's also been a go-to guy in short yarded situations, including at the goal line. So he's been a lot of fun to watch. And he's been one of those players that when the Saints lost John Kuhn and they replaced him with Zach Line, we always talked about grit level, grit level, grit level as a really fun thing. Uh, and Zach Line is somebody that has maintained that grit level for the New Orleans Saints. They did bring in from the Chicago Bears, uh, Mike Burton. He was an undrafted free agent from Chicago. He's somebody that I think the Saints didn't really bring in to challenge Zach Line, but so that they have a look at another fullback in 2019 in case Zach Line were to get hurt. I expect that Mike Burton won't be on the roster after the fourth and final preseason game and that the Saints will just keep an eye on him throughout so that they can bring him in if they need to if something happens for Zach Line. This is really them just getting, to me, getting a look at other fullback options out there, much like the long snapper conversation that we had, oh gosh, that felt like years ago now, but I think it was only a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can also lump in Garrett Griffin with this as well, because he plays a little bit of that H-back position as well as tight end, but he's really going to be competing at that tight end spot. So that is our look at every name on the quarterback, running back, and fullback list. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at tight ends and wide receivers. And then as we move forward throughout, we'll look at offensive line, and then we'll jump over to the defense. I want to make sure you hear every single name on the 90-man roster. Simply put, this is the only place you're going to get stuff like this is right here on Locked on Saints, as well as over at All Saints Considered, allsaintsconsidered.com, at All Saints blog on Twitter. So we're going to jump to our break right here. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the important dates that you need to know leading up to the first regular season game for New Orleans. Got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Welcome back, family of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Once again, if you're not already subscribed to the Locked on Saints podcast, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform, of course, including the Himalaya podcast app. Also, take a moment to drop that five-star review. Only takes a second, but it is a humongous help for me and other Saints fans that might be looking for this kind of content every single Monday through Friday. And of course, if you're out on the road, if you're driving to work, home from work, or around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device with its keyword to play podcast locked on saints and we'll be right there for your drive all right so let's wrap up today's show by taking a look at some of the big key dates leading into the regular season now this isn't just going up to preseason i'm talking regular season so we know that for the saints the rookies report for training camp july 18th veterans july 25th and then we see our first padded practice July 27th. The next thing you're going to be looking for after that is for the preseason to actually begin, and you're only a couple days away at that point because August 1st is the Hall of Fame game. That's right. We are less than a month away from preseason Saints, I'm sorry, preseason NFL football, at least. Uh, So the Hall of Fame game is going to be in Canton, Ohio, as usual, Tom Benson Stadium. Uh, It's Atlanta Falcons and the Denver Broncos. August 1st through the 4th, of course, is Hall of Fame weekend. If you happen to be in the Canton Ohio area or on the way there. It's a fun weekend. Then it gets real serious because August 6th is the reporting deadline for all players that are under 
contracts. It's essentially the deadline for people to earn their money. They need to show up to training camp at least by August 6th. At that point, you start walking into those Le'Veon Bell type situations. August 9th through the 8th or 9th and 8th is the first preseason weekend. You'll see your first preseason game with the Saints that weekend against the Minnesota Vikings. And that will be an evening game, a 7 p.m. Central start on August 9th. The next weekend for the uh, for preseason, essentially the second preseason week, is the 15th through the 19th. You'll see the Saints game against the Chargers August 18th at 3 p.m. Central Time. Remember, August 15th and 16th, they will have their joint practice with the Chargers in Costa Mesa. The next weekend will begin on the 23rd, 22nd. So it's the 22nd through the 25th for the third preseason weekend. That will be the Saints game against the Jets. So that's some Teddy Bridgewater return game right there. Uh, that'll be a uh, 6.30 p.m. Central start on the 24th. This third preseason game, of course, is the game where you're going to see the starters for probably the first half. So it's going to be the biggest game for the starters. And it's going to be a lot of fun watching Teddy Bridgewater take on the Jets. I'm sure that they have a really great relationship over there. But just saying it'll be a lot of fun, especially after seeing him take on probably play against the Vikings in the first week of the preseason as well. And then the final preseason week takes place on August 29th. It's just one day they pack all the games in for the final preseason weekend there. And that, of course, is going to be the Saints game against the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins being the team that tried to take Teddy Bridgewater away. So it's a big time Teddy Bridgewater offseason or, or rather preseason uh, in 2019. That game is going to be on the 29th at 7 p.m. Central time. So it's going to be uh, the Saints and Vikings game week one and then the Saints and Dolphins game week four, both the home games and the two away games of the Chargers, which will be in uh, Southern California, as well as the Jets game in New Jersey. So Next, after that, after that final preseason game on the 29th, the deadline to cut your roster down from 90 people to 53 is 4 p.m. New York time or Eastern time on August 31st. They get two days to cut their active roster down to 53 guys. So that is a big, big couple of days there to keep in mind because that is going to be the day to where not only the Saints cutting down their roster, but all those 90, those 90 names that you're going to hear over the, uh, over the next few episodes here at Locked on Saints, or at least heading up to training camp. Same thing's going to be happening for all of the other teams around the NFL. Now, here's the big date that I want everybody to keep in mind, and that's September 1st. That is when the claiming period for players placed on on waivers at the final roster reduction, so the cut down to 52, I'm sorry, 53, will expire at noon New York time, which means that's when all those claims will be processed. So September 1st at 11 a.m. Central time is the time that you're going to hear about the Saints. If they placed any waiver claims on any players and they they were awarded those players via waivers, that is when you're going to hear about those uh, claims being processed. So that is the day, September 1st, that you might hear after the 53-man roster cut down. If they see other team, like other teams releasing players that they really like, that is the day that those will process and they'll be able to add other players to their teams, which will then, of course, lead to potential subsequent or corresponding removal from the player. Um, for, I'm sorry, from uh, the team as well. So that's a big, big date to keep an eye on on September 1st 
as we head into the regular season. And then September 12th, I'm sorry, 2nd through the 7th is when teams are required to start placing injury reports and all of that other stuff. So you'll start to hear about things that are relative to injury a lot more during that week. And then the Saints right after that, September 9th, open up the Monday night football season week one at 6.10 p.m. Central Time at home against the Houston Texans. Very weak offensive line last year, but Deshaun Watson is a hell of a player. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game uh, and see exactly where it is that the Saints have improved since 2018 and see if they can finally win their first opening game and it would be this would be the sixth year uh, they've lost five years in a row all right y'all so that's going to do it for today's episode again throughout the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to we got 10 days before rookies start reporting for training camp and just a few more after that to the 25th once we get to vets reporting before we get to any of those dates you're going to hear all 90 names and a little bit about all 90 players on that 90-man roster going into the training camp and then we'll continue to talk about our top five games. I still have that uh, that episode coming up with John Sigler. We're re-recording that soon, and I have some other guests coming up as well to get you ready for training camp. But for right now, I'll just say, as I always do, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast. And please be sure to drop that five-star review. And if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, including the Himalaya podcast app. Thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and trust who that nation. I'll holla at you.